This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, we're talking about creators who make their own markets. More specifically, we're reacting to the fact that Logan Paul did a series on Pokemon. He bought a bunch of Pokemon cards, $200,000 worth of Pokemon cards to be exact, and hosted a live stream where individuals could purchase the packs and he unboxed them on air. There were over 300,000 people watching and he raised over $130,000 for charity. Now, picking a niche like Pokemon for Logan Paul might feel like it doesn't really make sense, but Colin and I are going to talk about it and talk about why picking a community like that really adds a lot of value to you as a YouTube creator. Then we're also going to talk about Mr. Beast and the Creator Games 2, a creator trivia tournament that he hosted over the weekend that had over 1.1 million people watching at the same time and broke viewership records on YouTube. That video is now sitting at 17 million views on YouTube and just kind of adds to the concept that creators are starting to innovate and create their own markets. This episode is also up on our YouTube channel. So if you want to check that out, you can just type in the Colin and Spear podcast to YouTube, check out our podcast channel and make sure to subscribe. We are almost, I, I keep saying this, we are almost to 10,000 subscribers. We're not actually, but like we're in the 7,700 range uh, and every subscriber makes a difference. All right, let's get into it. We hope you guys enjoy this episode of the Colin and Samir podcast. I'm drinking an orange Gatorade. I'm drinking a single origin cold brew coffee in a can. Mine, which this is uh, objectively the best flavor of Gatorade, um, actually is a little sugary. I haven't had this in a long time. Used to have one of these almost every day when I was a kid. It's better if you water it down. Well, anyhow, how's yours? That's it today for yeah. the Collins Hair Podcast. <laughs> how's yours? It's great. It's strong. It's cold. Hmm. I like it. What's interesting is that creators, when you have a platform like this, whatever you do on video, if you do it over time with a big enough audience, you can essentially make your own consumer base for something. So like, for example, cold brew in a can. Let's just say from, from the beginning of time, for the past 10 years, we were drinking cold brew in a can. And we launched our own cold brew in a can. We'd have an audience base for cold brew in a can. I've got an idea for cold brew in a can. You do? Yeah. What's it called? It's called work coffee. And you put like MCT oil in the coffee. Hmm. I like that. Work coffee. That's good. This isn't it. Yeah, that's not yeah. it. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is because something that we've been seeing a lot of recently is creators, and something we talk about a lot is creators paving their own path and creating their own um, lane when it comes to business or product. Now, of course, this has happened in traditional ways or it's like clothing lines. Um, Emma Chamberlain with coffee that we've talked about a ton. But over the past week, we, it's just this, this concept of, of blazing a trail for your audience into a brand new business um, really felt like it, 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 was, it made significant ground with Logan Paul and the Pokemon thing. Logan Paul has brought Pokemon into the creator zeitgeist and like the YouTube zeitgeist in a way that I don't think I've seen something else be brought in, maybe other than Mr. Beast and Team Trees or like, it's just, it felt very significant. Um, and I want to talk on this podcast about a couple things. One is the strategic decision-making behind picking that. And two, the concept of being a maker of markets. This is something that you and I have talked about quite a bit. Um, someone that we reference a lot is Dave Portnoy and his uh, literal uh, uh, like stock market influence that he has. Yeah, Dave uh, Portnoy, CEO with, of Barstool Sports. Yeah. Literally like 
with his Davy Day Trader yeah. uh, personality, will talk about certain stocks, and then people will start buying that stock. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean like by he like he changes the value like right. by speaking about it, like he did it with Spirit Airlines. Right. So yeah, yeah explain that maybe for someone who's not familiar. So Dave Portnoy basically bought, started buying Spirit Airlines when airlines across the board were uh, not valued high at all. And I think like Warren Buffett even said that like it was a mistake to buy airlines or something like that. And so Dave Portnoy was like, I'm just going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to buy Spirit Airlines and start telling everyone that Spirit Airlines is the best airline stock. It's a great stock. You should be buying it. And everyone who follows him started doing the same and like posting pictures of themselves uh, and like buying Spirit Airlines. And then all of a sudden, Spirit Airlines stock like started to rise. So he had an actual effect on the market. And where this becomes really dynamic for creators is in markets that have perceived value. Uh, Markets with perceived value means like it doesn't actually, like the value comes from our collective decision on what the value is or certain uh, market influences that, that, that give it value. Like if, you're, if there's a t-shirt, there's a little bit of value that everyone understands. Okay, there's a cost to make the t-shirt, there's a shipping cost and there's all these other costs and then I mark it up a bit for my business and now I make money. Uh, when it comes to something like stocks, when it comes to something... Um, like Pokemon cards, the like collectibles, collectibles. These things are decided. Um, these things are decided based on the market and the interest of the market. It's like diamonds. It's like diamonds. Yeah. It's the perce- perceived value business. So when creators get involved in the perceived value business, they can make a market so valuable because there's no actual monetary value attached to those things outside of what other people are deciding the value of these products are. Pokemon cards is an excellent example of this. With a large, it's a niche audience, it's a passionate audience, but it's actually a large audience. I mean, I think Pokemon is one of the biggest franchises ever in the world. So I think like, I mean, I know like the Pokemon Go game, like it's definitely a franchise that is not out of the zeitgeist. Like it's maintained relevancy, maintained a fan base. Yeah, the the Pokemon franchise, you want to hear something crazy? The Pokemon franchise, how much do you think its net worth is? I would have no idea. I love this game. Just guess a number. The net worth of the Pokemon franchise? Yeah. 800 million? Estimated 15 billion. Oh, well, yeah. What do I know? That 800 million, that's like small. That's small change. Yeah, so that was, 15 billion, that's the amount of revenue that YouTube did. Wow. So now you start to realize that even though it feels niche... Pokemon is massive. So first and foremost, he has some childhood nostalgia. He also cites Gary Vaynerchuk as the one who kind of tipped him off to Pokemon trading cards are going to have incredible value. Did you ever mess with Pokemon cards? Not necessarily with the cards, but I did have Pokemon for Game Boy. Like for yeah. Game Boy Mini or something like that. Yeah. Pokemon for Game Boy. I don't think I had that. I, I got too caught. I didn't understand it. Like you get to go to the gym and there was like a trainer. It, yeah. There's like too I, much happening. I chose Pikachu in Super Smash Brothers for N64. Yeah. That's, but that's basically the extent. Yeah. I did Jigglypuff. So yeah, like that's okay. kind of so like we were sim- somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Similar interaction. Yeah. Um, I never really interacted with the cards. Um, I do remember a short stint of collecting like sports cards at one point because yeah. that's what kids did. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember ever understanding anything about it. 
Yeah, I, I used to buy baseball cards from time to time when I was really young. Um, but actually, with speaking with my dad, my dad has a huge collection of, right. of Major League Sports cards. And I feel like that was much more uh, popular probably mm-hmm. for our parents' generation. Totally. So you, you tap into this unbelievable nostalgia, right? Which is collecting cards. Super fun thing to do. Um, people love doing it. It offers you an amazing opportunity to tap back into your childhood and things you interacted with your childhood, which is a lot of kids. I mean, a ton of people interacted with Pokemon. Um, so now he's actually doing something that feels maybe a little like niche, but it's massive. So he's able to garner massive amounts of attention by making headlines around Logan Paul just bought a $200,000 pack of Pokemon. And then can you explain the live stream that he did? So what he did is he bought a $200,000 box of Pokemon cards. Now within that box, there's a bunch of different packs. So he sold each pack. So each pack sold from, I, I, I think people bought them I don't remember. I saw $11,000. $11,000? Like yeah. yeah, I think each person bought them for $11,000. Now, within the pack, there's cards that are worth a lot of money. And so you want to watch and see if you pulled a card of a lot of value. Um, and he sold them during the live stream? No, he sold them prior. 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 So um, a lot of creators bought them. Um, so that then in turn made creators, you know, talk about how they were tuning in to watch and wanted their audience to watch as well and kind of created a communal effect around um, like a Friday night endeavor uh, or a Friday night experience of watching Logan um, open up these packs of Pokemon cards. So he basically created his own like content ecosystem. Exactly. Where every single person who bought one of his packs of cards got their own story. Because like a package of cards before they're opened is an act one of like, let's see what you got inside. It's a huge act one. Right? Yeah. And you ended up seeing all these different creators make their own videos, their own YouTube videos alongside the live stream, or not alongside the live stream, but alongside some of his YouTube videos about it, where it's like, I bought Logan Paul's sure. cards mm-hmm. or whatever. So I think it's interesting whenever like a creator can build out a genre on YouTube and build out their own ecosystem, like give other people the opportunity to create. Yep. So um, then he... he when he did the live stream, they were also encouraging the audience uh, to donate money. So they're raising money for charity. It was also tied into World Mental Health Day. Oh man, that was phenomenal timing. So it, was, it was planned. That was of course, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. super smart to, to, especially someone like Logan who has a history um, in in that kind of world where I think he feels very connected to Mental Health Day. Um, where he raised money for mental health day. So now again, you're, you're in the headlines, right? For something really positive around it. It's not just like a random loads of money getting spent. Now he's raising money for charity. Um, and at the same time, he's creating these unbelievable viral moments where he pulls super valuable cards and they all go nuts and react. And um, those moments can be clipped out and sent all over. So let's talk about the numbers. 300,000 people watching at once. So concurrent viewers, which is a really good number for something like this. This stream was like four hours long. Mm -hmm. Um, So 300,000 concurrent viewers, super impressive. Uh, In terms of money raised, they raised well over $100,000, which is super impressive as well. Um, and he, he pulled these cards that, um, I think that some of the the values of these cards were like 60 to $80,000 for like one of these cards. Um, now, the thing that I really like about what Logan did is he made three videos 
about Pokemon. So number one was like a few days before the live stream was about his obsession with Pokemon cards and the fact that he bought a $200,000 pack. Mm -hmm. Number two is the actual live stream. Now, I watched the live stream as someone who knows nothing about Pokemon. These guys were so entertaining that I watched probably two and a half hours and I couldn't take my eyes off of it because I was like- Was it just Logan and Mike? It was Logan and Mike and it was like it was like an impulsive set, but like there's yeah. a ton of other people coming in and out. There's just, like, and the way he was contextualizing it um, around like what we were waiting for, like you made a big deal about pulling a Charizard. So now every card I'm waiting, like, is it going to be a Charizard? Is it going to be a Charizard? Um and he, he's, it's, it reminds me of the storytelling in sports broadcast where they're like, uh, if Tommy doesn't, you know, win this game, they're going to go home. And he's been playing basketball since he was a four-year-old kid and his dad's in the crowd watching him and everything. And you're like, oh my yeah. God, Tommy hit the three. <laughs> yeah. um, and so he, he was able to build investment. Now, right after the thing that's really important is when you get that kind of press that he got um, in tube filter and variety, all these different outlets, picking him up, talking about, uh, everything about his stream, right? So like tube filter, here's a headline. Logan Paul's Pokemon card unboxing stream gets 300,000 concurrent viewers, raises $130,000 for charity. Excellent press for Logan, him holding a Pokemon pack. The next video he puts out is him buying a $150,000 card. So like you're riding off of that attention to say, let me tap in and go all in on this category, all in on this audience. Let me wrap up this story in kind of like a three- act, you know, structure, beginning, mm. middle, end, just excellent storytelling. And the last thing I'll say is when you bring this much attention to something, we all are operating in the attention economy. When you bring this much attention to something, it's going to drive the value up of that thing. And he picked a thing that is perceived value and perceived value increases as attention increases. Totally. And I think people gravitate towards other people who have a passion for something, mm -hmm. right? Like if I'm watching Logan Paul, I'm a Logan Paul fan and he's super passionate about Pokemon cards. He talks about how important they are to him because of the fact that I'm a viewer and a fan, I'm already much more inclined to now care about Pokemon if I didn't already, right? Just out of like, here's his totally. sheer passion, his storytelling for it. I feel like that's yeah. what you and I did like with lacrosse. Right. Like we all totally the time agree. we would encounter young kids who started playing the sport of lacrosse because they watched our videos about the sport of lacrosse. I mean, he probably just made so many people go out and buy a pack of Pokemon cards. Yeah. Yeah. So many people. So that means demand went up. Right. When attention yeah. and storytelling, like when you pair attention with storytelling, that creates a connection, which then increases demand. So that has worked for years in merchandise. Um, but I'm just very interested in these creators who are able because of their scale to create markets. I'm not saying, I know there's going to be someone who's like, dude, Pokemon has been a market forever. I mean, we just talked about their, their estimated net worth. But I think he opened up a new market on YouTube. Um, and by bringing it into an audience that wasn't previously maybe exposed or interested to Pokemon. So here's another example where there potentially wasn't really a market. Uh, the guys from Randomonium who reached out to us, formerly yes. of VAT19, a mm -hmm. YouTube channel, uh, started a series on their YouTube channel they used to work for called VAT19, where they would eat gummy versions of food and then also compare it to like the real version of an item of food. And one of these items was like gummy worms or something or like the whole gummy yeah. phenomenon. Mm -hmm. So they would make these oversized 
gummies. Uh, and if you're watching on the podcast channel, we'll overlay some visuals here. Yeah, but it's basically, called, I think it's called like gummy or real. Gummy versus real. Yeah, gummy versus real. I'm pretty sure. So by making this content series of trying these oversized gummies, uh, their company then began to sell these oversized gummies, and tons of people started replicating and making similar types of content, like millions and millions of views of people trying these gummies. And there, all of a sudden, there was this huge market for oversized gummy foods. Exactly. And their scale is crazy. Like their VAT 19 scale is massive. And I think that's just the thing is like, um, yeah, like when you have that type of audience and you can build storytelling around a product, I mean, you can just do so much because like as human beings, that's just when something gets that kind of attention and there's that kind of energy around it, like we want to interact with it too. I saw another post that I thought was interesting. You know, the Fleetwood Mac skateboarder guy drinking the yeah, ocean yeah. spray cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. I saw a post on Twitter of like, uh, they're like something about like clearly like TikTok watchers have been coming to this grocery store and it was just the ocean spray section of the grocery store. Just cleared out. Cleared out. Totally empty. Yeah. I mean, that that's an example of like probably someone who had no idea that we're about to create a market totally. like, or create create an uh, increase in demand. Um, but it is amazing. And I, and I think just knowing the science behind it is important. So yeah, just to close the loop on VAT19, I'm looking at a VAT19 video with 40 million views, a real sleeper YouTube channel and, and sleeper-like content series. These guys uh, who reached out to us who now run their own, uh, Randomonium, just really sharp guys, like really good marketing minds and uh, have come up with ideas that have garnered crazy viewership. And the ideas are generally always tied to product. They're, they're always tied they're to always product. They're always tied to yeah, product. Yeah, they, they're super interesting. Uh, it's basically what like VAT19 is. That's what they are, yeah. And now even Randomonium, they have a partnership with, um, God, what's the big toy store called? The big one in New York. FAO Schwartz? Yep, FAO Schwartz. So they have a partnership with FAO Schwartz to build content around their products. It's super smart. Um, now, another person, I mentioned him at the beginning of this podcast, but another person who has... Uh, been able to create markets and and influence markets. And I think over time will have a very significant impact on, um, you know, just how money is spent and how YouTube um, viewers interact with products in the world is uh, Mr. Beast. And with Logan's um, live stream, he had 300,000 people concurrently watching. Super impressive. Um, Beast, on the other hand, this weekend had 1.1 million people. Um, watching concurrently the creator games too. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that on YouTube. So um, there are some stats that are that are important to look at um, by the numbers here. One is that when it comes to Beast, the creator games one uh, had six hundred sixty-two thousand concurrence. Um, YouTube did a virtual graduation ceremony called Dear Class of 2020, which had 665,000 concurrence. And then Ascension, which was David Blaine's oh, big yeah. thing, 770,000 concurrence. I wonder how many people were watching so, Red Bull Stratosphere. Wait a second. I actually didn't know this. This is the first line of this, this article. Mr. Beast Creator Games um, has set a new viewership record for YouTube. There you go. For a live stream. Yeah. 1.1 million concurrence. Unbelievable. That many people watching at once with their attention just boom on this video. Like that is a lot of attention at the exact same time. So 
the reason why all this stuff is really important, like you think about live sports and live television, um, even though 1.1 million people, if someone was to get 1.1 million views on YouTube, it's not, you know, going to make headlines. When you have concurrent live viewership, it means you have 1.1 million people around the world who are all sitting with their eyes glued to one thing. Um, and that means you can advertise to them. You can like, you have their undivided attention, um, especially when it's in a live event like this that has stakes the way that Beast is able to build them. Yeah, it's why live sports rights still hold one of the highest premiums. Right. Right, because it's one of the, like, the last bastions of, television really that like warrants uh expensive advertising appointment viewing yeah appointment viewing meaning like at five o'clock i need to get on my tv and i need to sit down and i need to watch this there's a few things that have appointment viewing in them like the bachelor like these types of television programs that people are like i can't miss it if i miss it i'm out of the know um beast has been able to do this now with the creator games obviously i think we we can all understand the creator games too is not the last in the creator games uh uh season. By the way, Jimmy, I really hope that Colin and I get invited one time. I just like, I love the pressure situation of the creator games and I want to be in it. Um, but this time the D'Amelio's won. Um, but the way Beast was able to build- Are we big enough to be on the creator games? No, but I want to be on Even it. when you just said like the D'Amelio's won, I, I imagine like, all right, this round we have Colin and Samir versus That'd be awesome though. Like, the come on, like I think, like get us on, you know, get us on <laughs> no, the creator games three. I'm not saying three. don't. Invite us. Yeah, invite us. Yeah. Invite us. I'm just saying like, we would be an underdog story. Sure. Yeah, yeah. but that'd be a great story. Oh yeah, I'm in. Um, but this is another example of kind of like this, this maker of, of uh, markets when it comes to this like live stream creator competition. You had mentioned that uh, in our conversation this morning, which I think was, was spot on, that, that this has kind of been done with boxing. Uh, like creator on creator competition, I think has that, that trail has been blazed. Um, Beast has done it now in a way where he's able to find a format where he can get some of the most influential people with the biggest audiences all together, all at once in something that has stakes, but is still lighthearted, fun, good for you, you know, family-friendly content. Um, You wonder what the impact would be from a viewership standpoint if he could, you know, eventually get all these creators together in person, right? Because this was like a digital trivia event. I think you keep it digital and you do what he did with finger on the app and you give me the 1.1 million people at home a way to you mesh the two. Yeah. To, pl- to play into the game with an app. Can I, you know, vote on questions? Can I vote on people who are getting yeah. voted out? Can I vote people back in through it's like, like HQ trivia? Yeah. HQ trivia meets the creator games. Now you have something that again, it's like a brand new, you know, it's a brand new thing. That's, I would imagine that's coming. That's got to be coming. Creator Games 3 has to have an app with it. That 1.1 million people having an app downloaded on their phone, all on that app at the same time and with their eyes on a screen at the same time, now you've just created something that is super, super valuable. I love the innovation this year from creators. Creators. Like looking at even Dobrik raising money, $4 million from you know uh, different investors led by Alexis Ohanian. Um, to launch an, like a social media platform, like an app, launching into perfume, like just like watching all these creators innovate, I think is so fascinating. And it's all been accelerated by the situation in the world. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Beast Creator Games, like maybe you're right that it would be interesting if they were all together, but maybe it was enabled by the fact that they had to be all at home. 
Totally. Yeah. It's really hard to coordinate people all be in the same place at the same time. I mean, we always say that like constraints foster creativity. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have some level of constraint to produce something creative. Even when what you were talking about at the beginning of this podcast with Dave Portnoy, um, that was because he was sitting at home, you know, mm-hmm. him, him doing Davy Day Trader. That's because he's sitting at home. Logan Paul, probably the Pokemon situation is because like, doesn't have much else to do right now. Needs content, needs an idea. Um, and, and tapping into that niche community really, you know, and, and re-engaging something that he liked to do when he was a kid gave him uh, just a massive idea. The thing I really like about Logan Paul's Pokemon series is that it is a series. Like I love mm-hmm. when creators serialize what they do. And we talked about this with Arak with the couch yeah. series and what he did with the yacht series. But for me as a viewer, there's so much happening on YouTube and there's so much like noise sometimes that I love when my favorite creators will commit to a genre or a theme like for a month. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to do four videos about this thing. And you can really like sink in as an audience member to this world and like commit to learning about the world from the creator. I really like it. I actually think that's the only way you can drive enough influence to make an audience take an action is it has to become a part. It has to become like a broader story and the storytelling has to feel like it has a beginning that answers like, why, why am Mm -hmm. I into this? A middle that's like a big moment where I can take an action and an end where I can re-engage myself in the topic. We did that a couple, maybe three months ago now about TikTok. Like we did Mm -hmm. a series Mm -hmm. of videos sort of like investigating TikTok. And I feel like even for our channel, that's when it's the most enjoyable. I agree. I do think you just have to structure it in this way where it's like, there's a intro that answers like why I'm talking about this. There's a middle where the audience can activate um, with us. And there's an end where the audience can go on and have an experience on their own, like engage with each other mm-hmm. in a community. If you, can, if you can do those three things, like you can make something really dynamic happen. Um, and I think that's something Logan did well with, with the Pokemon thing. Like, you know, even the fact that different creators, when they bought packs, could compare with each other and like have some level of engagement of like who made more money off of the stream who, mm-hmm. you know, and then viewers can, can value things themselves and say, that's not actually that valuable. That's this value. Like there's so much conversation around this. Like you mentioned, um, I don't know. I, I haven't looked into this, but I would assume there's probably more ancillary content around Logan Paul Pokemon than there is around creator games too. Yeah, definitely. Right. And so that. that's that concept of like creating a world creating an ecosystem out of your content, making sure it's not just your content piece, but it's like, yeah, you know. And I think another good thing that Logan Paul had going for him was that it was very tied to money. Like totally. it was super transformative for people. Dude, the stream, It's like gambling, right? Like, yeah. you know, you buy a pack, you open it up and see what you have. Like there's just something really powerful about money. And you can tell that like money right now uh, as a topic is really driving... Uh, a lot of YouTube viewership. Wow. By the way, in the, in the past, um, you know, at least month, two months, the stream is his most viewed video, 9 million views. Like after the fact, who knows how long, but 9 million views. Like how, how long people are watching for. 9 million people came and checked this thing out. So his first episode is I bought $200,000 box of Pokemon cards, 6.4 million. Opening the 200,000 first edition Pokemon box, 8.9 million. I spent $150,000 on this Pokemon card, 5 million. Like in a week's time, what he was able to generate 
and how much attention he was able to bring to Pokemon cards. I just think it's cool that you can do it all on one platform where you can give someone a seven minute edited video and then the next week you can mm-hmm. do a live stream. Like, I think it's so fascinating that all of this can happen on the same platform. Totally. Beast, uh, $300,000 influencer trivia tournament, Creator Games 2, 17 million views. I'm just thinking now, that's crazy, but I'm just thinking now what we could do live. We used to go live a lot. I know. I've been uh, thinking about that a lot. That's what I think is like, I think there's an opportunity to create our own space here. And um, I think I'm very inspired by these people being able to just like, it's it's a level of originality, but it's also like a deep understanding of how um, audiences want to interact and audiences want to be a part of a world. So yeah, I I agree. I think uh, if you're watching right now, um, it would be really awesome if you guys comment some ideas around like, what can we do on our main channel to go live? Like, is it like a webinar? Well, we've been doing all these webinars. We've been doing a ton of webinars recently. Like, is it, is it something like that? The most enjoyable ones have been the ones where we just open it up to questions, like basically like office hours or something. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I, I, I just wanted to hop on the podcast, um, and talk about these things because I think I'm so impressed with creators ability to, make markets. Like again, I would assume, I, there's no way of me knowing, but that Pokemon cards have increased in value. I'm sure there's like a market where you can- Yeah, there's gotta be something. Tra- Some, I mean, somebody, somebody if someone tracks me, like the price of a Jordan- Yeah, exactly. Uh, someone's probably tracking the price of different. Yeah, I mean, definitely people are. Someone educate yeah. me on, on Pokemon cards because there's gotta be someone out there who's watching who's like, oh my God, Samir sounds so uneducated on this right now. Like, I would also love if you're watching right now to uh, comment below with some like innovative creators because- Obviously, there's the Mr. Beast and the Logan Pauls sure. of the world, but there are so many people on YouTube we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I think even like Todd Smith um, uh, writing a book, you know, a bunch of short stories. Like I know a lot of creators have written books, but I do mm-hmm. think that that is um, something that's super interesting. I, I think when we, with the S Theory, sold a movie, like making your own documentary film is super interesting becoming like your own film studio. Mm-hmm. It's just like the, 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 the it's all unlimited what creators can do. And that's going to make the next couple of years super interesting. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And again, the episode is up on YouTube. So if you did just listen to it uh, and you do have some thoughts, you can hop over to the YouTube channel and put your thoughts in the comments. And while you're there, just make sure to subscribe to the channel. Now, I wanted to talk about our online storytelling course. If you've already purchased that course, I want to give you a heads up that over the next couple of weeks, we'll be adding to the course. We're really excited. We're going to show you behind the scenes of how we make one of our YouTube videos. And if you are thinking about or have thought about buying our online course, uh, it's a really good time because we are adding to it and we do have a awesome Slack community where people share their ideas. And uh, it's just really feeling like this cool creative community where creators can bounce ideas off each other and get feedback uh, from fellow creators. So if you do want to check that out, the link for that is in our description, or you can head over to shopmoment.com, check out lessons and go to Colin and Samir. All right, that's it this week. Make sure to check out the pod channel, subscribe over there, and we'll be back here for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.